Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome back to Women in Music. I'm your host, Millie Cotton. On this week's episode, I had my lovely friend Annie O come over to chat to me about everything DJing. Annie's a DJ, obviously. She's also a resident on Rinse FM and a club promoter. Annie runs and DJs Night Dreams, which is a bi-monthly haven for hip-hop, grime, trap, R&B and future beats at Miranda in Ace Hotel Shoreditch. She's also supported artists like Khalees, Mel C, Lizzo, which I didn't know until this evening, which is absolutely mental. Annie is a phenomenal DJ and great club promoter. And this episode is a good insight on how to get into DJing and what it takes to run a successful club night. If you enjoyed the episode, please do rate and review on iTunes. It helps other people to find us. Thank you for listening. Oh my God, hi Annie, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. It's so nice to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I've not seen you for ages. I know, I can't remember the last time I saw you. Love box. Oh my God, yeah. How was your love box experience? You know what, I came and loads of my friends were playing Mm. and then I saw my friends and then I can't remember why. I think I had another gig that night. I ended up leaving quite early. I had to like do one of those like... Like, French I just, I just dipped. Yeah, yeah I like, like told a, one. Per- I always do that. I always tell one person. Yeah. So that people know I'm like okay. Yeah, that you have just leave. missing. Yeah. I mean that's the way to do it though because if you don't it's do it, people are like oh no don't go and it's stay. Too long. And then if you get that for like six people. So let's start with a quick fire round. Oh okay. <laughs> Straight in. <laughs> Straight in. Um, what was the last thing that you listened to? Oh right now I just listened to um, Daniel Caesar's new project. Because I was really furious <laughs> because it took me an hour and a half to get from, south from Dalston. I and can't I believe was that. Livid, yeah. like livid. And then I got off at the bus, uh, got off at the bus at London Bridge, and then I went the wrong way to the tube, and I was like, oh my, oh my god, did you get on the tube at London Bridge to Southwark? Yeah. Oh, Annie, <laughs> jeez, no, that's I, like I a couldn't. I was livid. Journey. I was livid. Yeah, so no, I, had to, I had to chill, chill out. So I was like, what's gonna chill me out? I was like, Daniel Caesar. Yeah, nice. It's going to chill me out, so... Great choice. Um, your favourite dance move? <laughs> I don't know if I have many. Someone asked me the other day, they were like, can you dance? And I was like, I don't know. Can I? I enjoy myself when I move to the music, but... Can I, well, what is dancing? Can anyone really it's dance? Just... I know, everyone, there are people who can really dance. Well, I can't yeah. personally dance, so I don't really know why I put this question in, but... <laughs> It's just going to come back to you. <laughs> but I, I do a foot tap when I DJ. So do I. It's yeah, almost like to the point where people point it out or like take videos and stuff because my foot <laughs> will not stop. It's always my right foot. The left one has no idea what's happening, but the right one's like, like it's, it goes crazy. <laughs> um, your craziest fan story. Oh, man. Well, not fan, but there was, like, a guy that used to come to all my events, and I didn't realize, like, he just came, like, like, I didn't know him. Yeah. And then, and then we ended up hooking up, like, a year later or something, and then he's like, yeah, I used to come to your events, and then I was like, really? And then I looked back at some of, like, the club photos, and I was like, oh my god. And also, he looked 
very young and then I felt very weird Uh, and then he asked me if he could DJ and then I was like right that's a really good way to get into it (laughs) but actually it actually put me off what hooking up with people from gigs well the fact that he asked me if he could join the lineup after we had hooked up and I was like "Mm, timing yeah it definitely would do like at least wait a few days maybe um, it's fine crafting (laughs) it's got to be done Twitter or Instagram Instagram my Twitter is pathetic I deleted Twitter actually did you Mm -hmm. you know I was thinking about that the other day yeah but the few followers I have on Twitter I'm like can I start again really so I'm just gonna leave it but I don't really use it yeah no so fair what are you reading at the moment Oh my god, it's really bad. I don't really read. That's fine. Like, not everyone it's likes not to good. read. But I did, um, I recently went to Toronto and on the flight. Mm. It was like, it wasn't like a budget, budget airline. It's like, I would say it's like, uh, like EasyJet, but like long distance. Yeah. They didn't have any screens. There was oh no screen. God. Not even like the big, like, 80s, 90s, like, Was airplane. it Norwegian? No. No. But it was like, no screens. Oh my god. And Ooh. so I ended up reading... <laughs> Oh no, reading. <laughs> no, but it was great. No, I really enjoyed it. I do enjoy reading, but like I'm one of those people like I don't know where to start. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it can be something that's a bit overwhelming sometimes when you don't know what you like to read. Yeah. And then I'm a serial starter of books and then I'll start like another book. And right. then so I can be reading three books at the same time. Yeah. I've got no idea what the fuck is going on. Yeah, it's stressful. So stressful. Um a song that reminds you of childhood. Um, what song? I would have to say Keep Singing My Song by Christina Aguilera off of Stripped because that (laughs) album defined me as a woman. (laughs) That was the best album ever. But yeah. The last person that you text? You, that I was furious (laughs) at how long the bus was taking. Your most used profanity? Probably fuck. It's not really... That, that seems exciting. to be a very consistent one with really? people. Yeah, okay. everyone says fuck. Because it, 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 it is though, isn't it? It describes quite a lot of things. Mm. Like, a lot of emotions, like a lot of situations. verb, like it covers it all. <laughs> um, what is a song that I don't know if you do, or but if you could, you would play in every set? There is a song that I play all the time. It's an edit that I play, and it's like an edit, a remix that someone did of like sweeties icy girl and mm. there's um oh my god how bad is this i can't remember now what the original is but oh my god i'm so bad at names what honestly i can never remember anything when i'm put on the spot so oh my god can we skip this <laughs> <laughs> so bad because i'm a dj and i should know off the top of my head no because but... i always also because you only get like the first bit of song you don't always get yeah. this whole song title and I just know what I've got on my USBs I don't necessarily like know all the names yeah. I know the music when there's like an edit I get this a lot as well when people when there, when there's songs out that's like covers mm. there's some weird thing missing in my brain where like if I hear a cover I cannot like I'll know all the words <laughs> I cannot remember for the life of me who the original's by yeah. or like what the song's called there's something missing in my brain I think that my memory, because I'm exactly the same, my memory is just really bad. Like, I can't retain enough information. Yeah. yeah. There's too much information out there, and, like, my brain's just Like, up. one thing goes in, something else has to leave to make space for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I blame God, it on social so media. <laughs> Don't be embarrassed. It's all good. Let's go back to when... 
I mean, maybe even childhood. Oh, no, let's not go back to childhood. Let's go back to you leaving Toronto. Yeah. Why did you leave Toronto? I moved to London to study fashion, mm. actually. Did you? I didn't know that. Yeah, I wanted to be a fashion designer. <laughs> oh, my God, I had no idea. Yeah, so I got into St. Martin's, yeah. which is, like, really good fashion school. Like, it's overall good, art, like, great art school. But I it's, went to St. No. Martin's also. Oh. Did you? I, I think I knew this. I think we we're you were the year below or something. But anyway, so I went for fashion, did a foundation though, and absolutely hated it. Like it just wasn't for me. Um, yeah, and my joy for fashion pretty much died. And I so after foundation, I just applied to do because I was in art school for ages in Toronto. So I'd done like all sorts of arts, like all the other arts and stuff. So I was like, okay, what do I actually enjoy doing? And I was like, do you know, I enjoy fine art. I like, I was doing conceptual art for ages. So I applied for a degree in that and I got in and then I did three years of that. Nice. Yeah. And then, so how did you get into music? Um, so after that, so I kind of like bounced around. So fashion and then art, but I, like when I was studying art, I always knew that wasn't what I wanted to pursue. It Mm. was just, I understand like what a privilege it is to be able to study art in one of the best cities in the world. But, um, I knew that's not what I wanted to pursue in terms of my career. So like, as soon as I graduated, I was like, I, I love music. Music is like my life. I knew that that's what I wanted to aim to get into like the industry. So I did some internships and I was working in a bar um, and then, yeah, I was doing, I did like an internship at like Sony, like doing marketing and then I worked at a music PR company and then I did, I think I I did a few other ones, like a management company and stuff like that. Mm. Um, So it's good. Like I saw like different varieties of the music industry and then I got a job um, at CAA, which is a talent booking agency. So I was there working as a... Um, agent's assistant for about three years and then I quit to DJ (laughs) how did you learn to DJ Uh, it was kind of by accident actually so it was me and my friend um, we used to work in a bar in Shoreditch and this was like oh my god it's like 10 years ago I feel really old but um, (laughs) so yeah we were working in a bar and you know making like minimum wage Mm. type deal and we always just get drunk together, but we always had like similar music tastes and like, because we're like listening to promoters and DJs playing like music every single weekend, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And it was like a really like popular bar as well. So we were getting, we we're exposed to a lot of good DJs and stuff. And we're like, we can do this. Not technically we could, but music, music wise and selection wise, we were like, yeah, we smash this, whatever. And like, yeah. we were young, like didn't give a shit. So we ended up just getting a Saturday or a Friday and then we just like went back to back, which is also why I DJ kind of wrong. Like I use the crossfader. No one else uses that. Everyone... My, my dad uses the crossfader. But during, or like <laughs> if people are scratching, they use it, but yeah. no one uses it. So I when I go back to back with people, it's stress because I <laughs> DJ. Compl- so I have to f- reform to that way. Yeah. Um, we're using the faders and stuff. Um, but I learned wrong. I I learned how to DJ. The thing is, it's not way. it's not it's wrong, not wrong. Though. No, there are people who do do it. Like, but I do think it's a it's me old, and your dad. That's it. That's it. There's no one else. I it's me and your dad, and that's it. I have this argument with my dad all the time. Like, he's like, "Yeah, but you should just do." It. I'm like, "No, no one DJs. <laughs> no one DJs like that. It's wrong." But you know, I'm very polite. Like before my set, like after my set, I always put the settings back to the original, like 
it's a standard way. <laughs> but anyway, so um, yeah, so me and my friends started going back to back doing. I mean, the sets were music wise, it was fine, I think, mm. but we weren't really mixing. Yeah, but I think everyone has that thing where they have their first gigs. If I think back to my first gig, it was at Box Park yeah. for some girls that I knew who had just like set up their own sportswear brand. That was your first one. Yeah, that's quite a big first gig. I, so yeah, I, 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 I this isn't supposed to be about me anyway. But <laughs> um, and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. But I think that might be the same with everyone, mm. right? I hope it is. So I'm still learning. I think, yeah, I do think you always continue to learn because there's always people who can do it better. Yeah, like but I can't. I can't change the way the format that I play. I love that crossfader. If you've been doing it for ten years. Yeah, but sometimes the problem with if you start DJing people, don't do it my way because sometimes your sleeve gets caught on the crossfader, <laughs> oh and then I'm listening to music on the cue buttons, and I cannot hear that I've just no. crossfaded the song into silence oh my god and i'm just listening to music in my headphones and the club's silent this is happening more than once so so, yeah what's been your biggest mistake that That. probably um and sometimes when i'm drunk if people haven't dj'd before there's like an effects button which is on the bottom right hand side of a mixer and when you're drunk, that button is really close to the stop play button on the right CDJ. So sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'll do this, like, effects. Yeah, it'll sound sick. Press the wrong button and I just pause the song. <laughs> do you know what? You were making me feel so much better. <laughs> like, I've done this. <laughs> I recently did this, like, at Somerset House. Like, oh, not, no. a small, not a small place oh, at Somerset House. I mean, so it's it fine. Did anyone notice? That's the thing, because as long as you're very quick, right? Like, yeah. you, you're you like, fuck, and then you start, like, you yeah. press play as soon as you've, yeah. Well, I press play back on, a, on like, a beat, mm. like, after, like, four counts or something. Like, quick, four quick counts, not slow counts. <laughs> but, like, and so it, didn't, it, was, it was fine. But I definitely knew... <laughs> Yeah, I think that's that's the thing. So, do you beat yourself up if you make mistakes ever, or do you have you got to the point now where you're like, do you know what? I'm only human. Everyone makes mistakes. Do you know what? Like, I used to beat myself up a lot, but I guess the more gigs you do, and not that they become insignificant, but because you do so many, you can't be that hard on yourself for every single gig, or you're gonna go crazy. Yeah. And a lot of the time, because I go to events or like, you know, I listen to DJs before and after and stuff. And like, we're all human. People sometimes clang or like, you know, their song, whatever. There's a problem with whatever. There's a pause or like they mix up, mix, uh, mess up a uh, mix or whatever. Mm. Literally no one cares. Yeah, that's or the like, thing, isn't it? Or like, you're aware of it because you're a DJ or like you're aware of it because you know the song or whatever. Yeah, but exactly. But to the general... No one is like us with a... I have this conversation with friends all the time where I'm like, oh, ah, that wasn't great. Yeah. But then you realise that you're the only one who's paying any attention. Yeah. Or, like, no one's really listening that hard. Mm. Like, I think there's bigger ways to mess up. Yeah, definitely. But, like, certain stuff, you're like, eh, I'm human. Like, yeah, you know. So going back to the bar that you worked at that you then DJed in, what, how did you take it from there? How did you start getting booked for gigs? outside of there um so so I was people kind of knew like at U, I was still at uni mm. um I think I was in my last year and I think by that point because we're all just kind of trying to find work and stuff 
people knew that I put on events every now and then, I guess, like, promoting it and stuff. And then my first kind of big gig that I got that was regular was I used to do in-stores at H&M and Oxford Circus. Oh, cool. And then from then, like, Topshop and, mm-hmm. like, like Benefit Makeup, like, just kind of in-stores. Um, so stripping it back to, like, absolute basics, did someone reach out to you? Like, they'd heard, like, a mix? Yeah, so or? basically my friend who, her name was Maya... I don't see her anymore, but Maya, you changed my life. Girl, I owe you a drink. Um, So she basically knew someone who was at an agency who was booking the DJs for H&M. Yeah. And she was like, oh, you put on events, right? And I was like, "Mm, yeah, I think so. And then she passed on my details. And then obviously it wasn't just as easy as that. Like then I I had to like show them a mix and show them selection. And then I did a trial hour and then like like an audition kind of thing and then I passed and then yeah so I ended up doing that but that's pretty much how I started DJing like I just started doing in-store sets at H&M and taught myself how to use CDJs properly and stuff it's probably the question that I'm asked the most though mm-hmm. probably the same for you right like how do you get booked for like your first gig yeah I think and I think it's just like continuing to put yourself out there as much yeah. as you possibly can and for me like when I quit my job and I was still doing like fashion-y brandy stuff and uh, just kind of um, doing like little bar sets and stuff like that just to earn like extra money but then I wanted to start getting books for like club sets mm. and that's I think the struggle I had where I was like well where do you start like do you just hit up promoters like what do you do and for me what was I mean everyone's journey is gonna be different but for me at the time I was like well I'm I knew I had the skills and the music to do it and like the friends and people who would want to come but I just needed to facilitate like the actual party mm-hmm. so I ended up just putting on my own event and then like booking myself yes so then, yeah night dreams let's talk about yeah it. so yeah. that's the night I'm talking about so I've been doing it for about two years um it used to be monthly for like no three years oh my god yeah three years so two mm-hmm. years I did it like monthly um at birthdays but now that's a brew dog. Um, and now I run it at Miranda, which is the club underneath Ace Hotel. And I do it bi-monthly now. Um, How comes you switch from monthly to bi-monthly? Just too much work to put it on? Um, I think at the time, it kind of worked out perfectly because I think that's what their availability was for a okay. Saturday because I wanted a Saturday. Um, but also, my DJ's kind of picked up in the last year and to do a monthly thing and I ran everything on my own so like I de- some I think one of the earlier ones like I DJ'd the whole night wow which was ridiculous like I in terms of a set I'm used like I'm I've done enough gigs that were that long earlier yeah. in my career let's say um that's why that, is it sorry to interrupt but why yeah. is it that when you're booked for like certain places it's like five hours long Mm. no one needs to be doing it get two people no one needs to be doing a five hour long set yeah I don't know what it is I mean I think sometimes it ends up being cheaper because you can get a DJ for like maybe instead of two DJs you can pay one just Mm. a bit more than paying for two I don't know I think it all depends on and you know sometimes I think when people book DJs for events they're not experienced in that so they don't know what a regular set how long a regular set should be I think it just depends on the event as well but mm. yeah now I've gotten to the point where if it do, if it is too long then I will just say no like before I used to kind of 
I, I was just grateful for all the work that I was yeah, getting. Definitely. So I would like, you know, just speak to them about like breaks or whatever. But now I'm like, I can't do it because because then I get tired and then yeah. I'm not doing the best I can. So what's your sort of cut off point where your ears start to get a bit funny? <laughs> I can do I I'd say I can do about two hours like good, mm. like normal, same energy. Three, I can push it. And then four is like, why? Like, I have an existential crisis. I'm like, like who am me. I? Like, what? Like, why am I here? What is music? Like, You're literally do, what, what do I, like, do, what do I, I even like much. anymore? I'm like, what? Like, where? Where's? What is this? Like, who are these people? No, it is. And it sort of starts mad. to go a bit like weird. Yeah, weird. And you start to just not be able to. I can't hear properly when I've yeah. been playing for longer than three hours. I say this I've got a five hour set next week and I'm like <gasps> which I've not done for probably like over a year yeah but then also when, when I do have like those sets which I don't I try not to do very often mm. I try to pace my set yeah accordingly I mean I'm gonna so pay. you're not like doing one energy for the whole thing that's oh, impossible yeah, you'll definitely. die but like to kind of like uh, Take, take the audience on a journey. Yeah. Like, start very slow, playing lots of nice seven-minute songs almost yeah. to the end. Just kind of, you need to pace yourself differently. Yeah, Damn. 100%. So, back to Night Dreams. How do you book the lineups? Well, so kind of going back to what I was saying before about wanting to get on club lineups and mm. then saying, fuck it, I'm just going to book it myself. Mm-hmm book myself and I was having this conversation with someone yesterday as well like as soon as I started doing that and then I started booking other club DJs as well that I I enjoyed and then you start meeting other DJs and then as soon as people kind of see your name on the same lineup as other people and then Mm. you're booking other people then people want to play your night it all just kind of snowballs yeah and and to be honest I've had all girl lineups I've had all women of color lineups I've had all male lineups to me I know it's important and I feel like I should champion that all women kind of thing but for me I don't like advertising like an all-girl lineup as an all-girl lineup no absolutely I agree so I prefer I've actually been booked on stuff like that and they'll be like can you like and I ask them like is it promoted as an all-girl thing and I have a weird relationship with this because there's times when like, yeah, I'll be booked because I'm a woman DJ and I'm profiting off of it. And it's part of something that's meant to be good. But then again, I almost feel like it's two step forwards, one step back, because then you're kind of putting it out there that you're booked because you're a woman. It's so tricky because sometimes you can do something that's like that. And it is it feels very like cele- it's, they're celebrating women DJs Mm. and then sometimes you get it when it's like Women's International Day and they just need to put something out it's like ticking boxes yeah yeah so I don't book lineups just because they're women or whatever Mm -hmm. I just book good DJs or the type of styles that people have and it just so happens that a lot of it tends to be women of color or but you know I've had all male lineups too like it's not I'm not just championing women like constantly yeah but I book people because they're good and yeah I mean I think that's a yeah very valid reason to book people right yeah I'm not gonna book <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna DJs. just book a woman like a shit girl DJ just because she's a girl like yeah. then that's I'm doing a disservice to DJs other, and other female and DJs, other female DJs. so you know you're just gonna yeah 
Um, that's so true. So what kind of music do you like to play? So my favorite is uh, like hip hop, all sorts of hip hop. I love old school, but I play uh, primarily UK, US trap, um, sometimes grime. I play a lot of like R&B edits as well, like the selection kind of style stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I love all kinds of music. I can do like a deep house set <laughs> if the money's right. But um, <laughs> no, I love all kinds of music, really. I really do. Yeah. But that's my favorite. Um, so let's talk about Rinse FM. Yeah. How long have you been doing a show for now? I think I've been on the station for about a year. But they're about, like, once a month shows, so it's not, like... Yeah, it's crazy looking back on it, because I'm like, shit, it's been a year, but I think it's been about 12 shows. Mm. But, yeah. That's really exciting. Yeah, no, I love it. And you get to talk to some really great people. How... Like, what caliber of person do you pick for your show? At the moment, um, people who are a bit up and coming, Mm -hmm. I'd say, or established but in like a more underground kind of sense um just people i like really and i want to i'm interviewing uh jam supernova who does, like has her own label and she does her own radio show and like she's amazing so i'm yeah. really excited to actually sit down and talk to her and be like tell me all your secrets yeah literally how do you do it <laughs> how do i be you so that'll be really exciting um yeah just kind of people music that i enjoy and yeah and how did you end up being on Rinse because I feel like that must be a dream for so many people I mean it's a dream for me as well Um, I was actually about a year ago I knew that I was DJing quite a bit and I knew that radio was pretty much like the next step and I was kind of like speaking to a couple of radio stations but nothing was really happening and I was quite down about it and I remember it was summer me and my friend we went to the park and we're just like you know what it's Friday afternoon she took like a half day we're like let's just get some sun in like I just want to relax and I remember, I'll never forget this moment like because I've, I've had like mixes on my SoundCloud and stuff I just put stuff on there and then mm. like they're just there um I got an email from this guy from Rins like at Rins FM like email and he was like oh I've heard some of your mixes online like do you want to do a show it was like just like that he just hit me up and I literally remember just jumping up and down in the park like, what the fuck? Like, what? This is mad. Because literally I'd been speaking to my friend about like, oh, like so-and-so uh, radio stations, like they're long getting back or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's no availability. It's really bumming me out. And it just kind of happened. How did you prepare for your first show? Like, how did you feel? <gasps> oh my God. I, was, I'm st- I still get nervous. Yeah. But right now it's also because I'm like interviewing people because mm-hmm. um, I have like a daytime slot. But the first one, I think it was like 11 p.m. on a Monday. And I was like, okay, I should do... Because I was thinking about like the mixes I had online. I was like, okay, what what did they like? So I, I was just kind of like doing my own thing and doing lots of edits and stuff. And then I had uh, my friend and also like an amazing DJ. And he also has his own radio show, um, Complexion. He came on as my first guest. And honestly, that... I can't even call it an interview because it was not even an interview. I was just so scared. And I did this thing where, um, because the speakers were like the booth speakers where you can hear yourself when you're um, playing. 
where like <clears throat> they obviously face you, but the mic is really close. So everyone told me like, okay, when you when you speak into the mic, when you turn the mic on, turn the booth down, or else there's gonna be feedback. Obviously, oh, no. I forgot. Yeah. Obviously, so like the first, I like introed, played a mix, and then I was like getting complexion to chat. Obviously, forgot that. And when I turned the mic on, the feedback just went like, beep, like um, so loud and totally like threw me off. So I was like, I can't even, I was like, complexion, just go, go, go. And then he like did his mix and like whatever. And then it, I like relaxed a bit after, but yeah. <laughs> do you have to produce your show as you're going by yourself or do you have someone who um, does it a, for you? There's a producer in the studio, so they'll be kind of like helping you with like the levels and yeah. stuff like that. and. Um, but in the preparation side of it, it's like they give you quite a, like they give you a lot of freedom, really. So you kind of do everything. So yeah, I organize like the mixes and uh, get the guests and everything. Yeah. It must take up quite a lot of time. Like I know it's only once a month, but still, what is this lot like? Two hours? It's two hours. Yeah, yeah. it's quite a lot of time to fill. Well, when I first started, I was like every show because they weren't like oh come and do regular shows. They were like, do you want to do this show? Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh my god, I have to smash the shit out of this show. So I was doing, I did, a two, my first show was two hours. And then I had like pretty much two hour shows, maybe one hour here and there. And I just did mixes. They were quite like nighttime slots. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm, I just want to do a mix and blah, blah, blah. And I did, uh, and I would mix really quick. Because I was like, every time I was like, just bring it, just bring it, just be like the best. So I would prepare for like a two hour show. I'd prepare like a hundred tracks of wow. like edits. So yeah. I'm like, they're not clean because it's FM. So I, I had to like sit and clean them as well. Mm. It just took it out of me, but I loved it and it was amazing. And it's like, it's definitely paid off. What was it like mixing live on air? Because it's like when you do a mix at home, yeah. if you fuck it up, we can go back and... I mean, it's annoying. You have to go back and start again. Yeah. But you can go back and start again. Yeah. Whereas if you fuck up doing it live... Yeah. I mean... That's quite a lot of pressure. It is pressure. I'm definitely less hard on myself now at the time. And then I would listen back to the mm. shows um, and then just kind of listen to it. But then it's like, again, I would listen to it when I'm like on the bus or whatever and you're you kind of dip in and out so you're like listening to it you're listening to the song you're enjoying it you're not listening to every single mix to the point where you're like that's all you're doing like people listen to stuff when they're in their car when they're at the gym or whatever when they're focusing on other all those stuff like no one's sat there in an empty room just listening to your mix like (laughs) first of all the two-hour show that's mad like who has that time Mm. but it's more just kind of I guess the vibe and the selection and mm. the style of the show yeah so before I used to really you know every show was like I need to get every single mix like perfect but it's like I'm human I'm gonna someone can walk into the studio when you're doing something and you get distracted for like a, you know there's shit that's just gonna happen yeah so I think as much as you can just you just need to like prepare as much as you can and then if you mess up you mess up but and yeah just sort of try and go with it yeah. yeah like no one dies it's fine <laughs> as long as no one is dying on your show yeah, I think we're it's good. fine like no like puppies are being slaughtered every yeah. time you fuck up a mix like it's fine like <laughs> you can't take yourself that seriously no you can't it's something I'm still learning but I think it takes a while to probably I think it takes a while and it also takes a lot of gigs to get to that point where you feel like that mm. I don't think it's something that like happens overnight it does take a lot of gigs I've done I've done 
because I in I haven't invoiced every single gig I've ever done, mm. but since I've started invoicing, I think my invoices are at about four hundred. Were you not invoiced? <laughs> what were well, you I doing? Was getting paid cash on hand, but like, <laughs> but like getting paid cash, but then like you'd fill out a form. Yeah, sure. So you're not actually invoicing. <laughs> No tax, HMRC, sorry. no tax dodges here. No, I've been, listen, I've been on a visa. I've been doing it by the books. And yeah, I'm saving to mortgage the shit out of my life. So I'm paying for everything. But yeah, I've done, I think, 400 like invoiced gigs. That's a lot, isn't it? You think about it. Yeah. Yeah, if there's 365 days and then I've been DJing full time for about three, three and a half but I only really count the last year and a half. Mm. Why? Because I broke up with my ex. <laughs> and I just went like ham on my career. Whereas like before, I was like sharing a life with someone. And I yeah. was like, he was starting up his own business and stuff. And like, I was involved in that. And But since that, I've, I've, I've been really focusing all my energy on mm-hmm. kind of what I want to do. And that focus has really paid off. And so I really count the last year and a half as like me putting all my effort in. Let's talk about um, other women in music. Who were your major influences that you like grew up listening to firstly and then secondly, DJ-wise, who you looked at and you're like, shit, I want to do that? I think... So I get asked this question and I almost feel kind of bad because mm. I didn't grow up really... Like, I never really thought I'd be a DJ. I wanted to be a pop star. <laughs> <laughs> so my my uh, influences were like Britney, Christina. Like I grew up on pop, basically living in Canada, and and then Brit pop, uh, Brit rock, indie, and like I just listened to all sorts of stuff. And yeah, I wanted to do fashion. So when I started DJing, there wasn't. I mean, there are a lot more female DJs out there now. There really are, and I know it's still some, a work in progress. But mm-hmm. there are a lot more DJs out there, and maybe it's because of the events that I go to, the circles that I'm in, that there just seems to be a um, a bigger presence of women DJs. Yeah, no, I agree definitely. From when I first like thought about wanting to start to maybe do it, there was maybe like one or two female DJs who yeah. I knew. Whereas now there are so many. Yeah brilliant like prominent female DJs I think so at the time I wasn't like I want to be like her Mm -hmm. or like I want to be I was just like well I'm just gonna do what I'm gonna do I never really saw it as a hindrance yeah you didn't see your gender as being a problem no No. I just never really because also I'm like a small Asian girl (laughs) playing like really intense like trap most of the time and I'm aware that that's maybe not what people would first expect me to be playing. Um, people think I'm Peggy Goo. <laughs> Listen, she's <laughs> fucking incredible and she's like so cool. So like, I'm cool with that. But um, that's yeah. not a bad comparison. No, absolutely to, not. Like, but I'm like, I'm playing trap. She's like, not, yeah, she's not. <laughs> Any anyway. Um, but yeah, I never really had like a sole role model. I was. I was just kind of doing the best I could. And then mm. I was like, I never really, like, if people didn't book me, I wasn't like, oh, it's because I'm a woman. I was just like, okay, shit, I just need to be better. Or, yeah, I just never saw it as an obstacle. And I'm sure it's happened where people maybe, you know, there's been times where, like, I'll be on a lineup and they'll, like, if it's a lot of the time a male promoter, they might put me 
earlier than maybe I think I should be. Mm-hmm. Not saying like I'm not saying because I'm like I'm better or whatever, but it's just like in terms of experience or like the types of gigs I've done or like. You, yeah, no, you are they, allowed to say that you are better. Like that is. Or just thing, like definitely. I'm just in a different place in my life. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. I'm like, trying to be humble, but like, <laughs> let's. I've just been DJing longer, or like whatever. No, you, you're, <laughs> because you're technically better. Right. Okay. You said it. There you go. <laughs> and then I'd just be like, oh, that's a bit weird. But you know what? I you know I show up, do my like, I smash it, smile, say, say thank you, mm-hmm. be polite, be grateful, and that's it. And you know what? If I know that I've done a good job or a better. job, job and then that's all I need to prove myself I don't need to prove myself to to be like I don't need to be a headline DJ to be like oh job well done yeah I'm like if I get an opening slot I'm like well I'm gonna do a great opening slot I don't give a shit I'll get home earlier it's fine yeah so like I never saw it as like it never made me angry or anything like that because also no one's gonna straight up be like you're a woman you're gonna be first or like you just kind of clock these things Mm. on certain lineups or whatever or people just kind of expect you to not know how to like set up or shit like that. Obviously you clock these things and I remember, but I'm never really going to be like, like arguing with someone about it. I'm just like, do you know what? I'm just going to come do my job, do the best I can. And if you still have an issue or like, that's your shit. Like, I don't need, like, I'm still going to get paid. Oh yeah, definitely. If you could pick a couple of female DJs to go back to back with, who would it be? Oh my God. Well, what DJs fucking DJ with a crossfade? Let's start there. Um, do you know what? I'd love to do like a back to back with someone who doesn't play trap, and then just try to like jump like the different energies. Like mm. that, that would be a challenge because like I can do. Like, Let's do one one day. Yeah, I know. I would love to. Like even I know we said Peggy Goo, but like even someone in that kind of realm. Yeah, I would love to kind of just fuck shit up or like just kind of play music that is like the same energy but different style of music mm. that'd be a challenge I think that'd be yeah definitely fun. I mean even when it comes down to it being if it's gonna be a totally different genre BPM wise that is not gonna be the same yeah, I of course it has to be like but... beats per minute like friendly <laughs> but I'm thinking like yeah like garagey kind of stuff I think like garage and grime very inter mm. inter like easy to not easy but they're on a similar level yeah 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 i think it'd be really fun nice <laughs> um what advice would you give to anyone starting out in the industry i would just say just keep doing stuff like i've gotten pretty much everywhere i've gotten because i just was proactive about stuff so like if things didn't work or like i get this all the time where like every time let's say my if I have an event and it's not like rammed from start to finish I'm just like I can't do this I can't do this it stresses me out but I'm like I keep going because you can't let like one one one-off thing or like one summer or like a few months just hinder you you just have to keep going and the more you do the more people you're gonna meet the more it's just maths like the more people you meet the more gigs you do the more you put out there someone's gonna hear it or like the more shit that you put out there, there's more chance that someone's going to hear you or see you or meet you and they, you know, end up working somewhere or, like, they move on from that job to another job and then they always remember you. Like, it literally takes one person, right? It like takes one, one person. person can change your life. And you that's, can, like, that's so cringy. No, no but it's just... <laughs> it, I, can, I, can, I can tell you the pivotal people in my life who no, have actually, exactly. like, changed... 
the course of like certain choices I've made or whatever. And also, I think always just be polite, humble, and grateful. Mm-hmm. Because even as a promoter, when I get DJs and they turn up late, or like they don't bring headphones, or they don't do, I'm just like you, your shift is an hour. Like just or if you're gonna be late, just be very communicative. Like. I just find when there's ego involved, it's like, dude, we can all have an ego, but we're all working towards the same thing. We all want to play music, make money, and have a good time. We're all working towards the same thing. Don't be a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'll never call you out on it. Yeah. But, like, you're not going to get booked again. But you will remember it. But it's just, you know, why would I book someone when I can book someone else who's lovely? Oh, of course. That's so true. Like, it just, yeah. I think deep down, if you're just, like, happy to be there, enjoy it, and you're polite and you stay humble, then, like, can't really go wrong, really. Yeah, I just want to work with nice people, so... Exactly, because there is always another nice person out there, or someone who is willing to be nice. Um, Thank you so much for your time. No, this was fun. Where can everyone find you online? And if they have a track to send you for your show, where can they send it? Uh, So, my Instagram, which is pretty much where I do most of my promo and stuff is Mm -hmm. at O-Annie-O so it's O-H Annie A-N-N-I-E and then O-H again (laughs) it feels quite simple to me but I've had O-Hanny and oh it's long Um, and then if you click the email button there um, there's my email it's info at O-Annie-O.com and you can get your tracks and rinse yeah, but first. clean it for me because it would help me out a lot <laughs> and I'm more prone to play it then <laughs> but yeah, thank you so know. much for having me cool and thanks for listening bye bye